Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who was Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We're in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. Wait, is San Dimas an actual... San Dimas is a real place, isn't it? Yeah, man, yeah. it's just like down... It's just down the 210 or 134. I confuse all the like the, the the fictional California towns, the the Santa Miras, the Santa whatevers, no. and San Dimas, and I couldn't San- remember if it was a real town or movie yeah, town. San Dimas East is of- real. I I don't think they actually filmed any of the movie there, but no, the the town is real. No, no. Okay. Um, all right. Good. Good Az- to know. East of Azusa, east of Covina. Oh, um, yeah, great. and Mon- Monrovia, like that, like on that, like right in that area. Really? So I drive by it regu- semi-regularly and did not realize I was passing it. Yeah. How often do you go that way? Where do you go there? Where are you going? It's pretty Twice far a out. day. Twice a no, day? Twice <laughs> a day? What the hell are you doing there? <laughs> it's like on no, the way. No, we go to, well, it's like when you go to Vegas or go to New Mexico or whatever. Yeah. Take yeah. a quick stop yeah. over Bass Pro Shops in Rancho Cucamongo. Come on. <laughs> Who doesn't stop there? Hey, you know, I've, I've made that trip once. Welcome back to Reconcinimation. I am John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we're checking out how they hold up here today in 2020. And we have a big episode that's very timely guys and i'm I'm super excited to talk about it today mm, yeah which one what are we doing we are we are going to take a look back at bill and ted's excellent adventure timing with the the third film the long anticipated third film bill and ted face the music that's coming out in just a few days uh 
Yeah, I've I've got I've got a lot to say about this movie. What about you guys? Oh, I've got things to say. Yeah, absolutely. I've got I've got <laughs> I've got plenty to say. First, I got to tell you, I love this movie. <laughs> You're on board. Uh, yeah, same. I am, on, I, I am on board for this. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this back in the day and reviewing it for the show. I was like, "Yep, this is this is the good stuff." I loved it. I will say that I'm in the midst of an of a of a love affair with Bill and Ted that I had never experienced before. So uh, oh. I'm I'm super into this right now. But are you guys excited about the the third movie? How do you feel about it? I uh, think like if they want to do it, go for it. I think that's that's a great idea. Have fun with it. Um, they have my full support. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been upset if they never made it or anything, but I think that's like what a fun time to do a fun movie. Like if, if it's anything like the first two, um, just in tone, it's it's a bunch of friends getting together and making a, a silly movie. I think that's I think that's what we need right now. Yeah, I'm with I'm with David on that. I, I this is probably a movie that at least the third the third movie coming up that if it never got made, I would have never missed it, but having uh Knowing that it's coming out and having just rewatched the first movie, uh, just this last week, I'm pretty jazzed for it now. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for sure. Yeah, I, I, I hope, I really do hope that they can capture the fun element that was in, especially the first film. Um, I, I don't, you know, you're right. We need something positive, something funny, something that is. Uh, uplifting lighthearted that and i amusing. feel like the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh but you know on the flip side of that we've seen so many of these reboots and sequels and picking up of things 30 years later and many many of them are just atrociously bad mm. so i'm i'm excited i'm definitely gonna see it i'm a little bit skeptical sure. um sure you know we'll we'll just we're just gonna have to see yeah, I think uh, skepticism is good, but like it's it's. I don't think anyone could be like this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Like, I mean, as much as I love the Bill and Ted movies, or just really just enjoy them, um, you know, I I can't imagine it to be like some epic thing that is uh, that's going to be like life changing. But I think it's going to be sure. I, I hope that it would be along the lines of what what the others were, and it's like yeah, a, a good time at the movies. You know, just like some fun. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I, 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 I agree with you, David. But I also think that just based off rewatching the first movie, you know, the movie's about the, you know, these two guys who, basically through their music, bring harmony to not only Earth but the universe. And honestly, right now yeah. with everything <laughs> that's going on in the world, like they could mm. potentially try and uh, add in some deeper meaning into into this third installment, you know, and it might it might carry yeah. more weight than we're than we're probably expecting. But, you know, it could also just be lighthearted. And, you know, if it's done well, like that's great. But only time will tell. It comes out shortly and we'll see. Yeah. Maybe it's actually a true story. Maybe <laughs> yeah. whatever happens in this third movie is going to bring peace and harmony to the universe. Yeah, well, it's, it's, now, now's it's the wild time to stallion do it, so. time. Yeah, well, yeah. for sure. I, know. I think we can I have all to, use a little was... peace and harmony. Yeah. <laughs> I have to imagine that the context of the world we live in today 
uh, while they were making the movie. It was a consideration. I, I would hope that they're, but I, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll address it the way they want to do it and or, yeah. or not like, yeah, like let's just do it, man. Let's, let's have fun. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, obviously, I just, you know, when they made the movie was pre-COVID, uh, but definitely yeah. within the uh, tumultuous rest of the stuff that we're dealing with. Especially yeah, absolutely. In this country. You know, I mean, yep. the, the country is divided, to say the least. And so, you know, I, I just think that based off kind of even though it's a comedy, the first movie, like kind of the 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 underlying like plot point is you know trying to bring kind of peace and harmony to everything it's pretty timely mm-hmm. right now so we'll see yeah, we'll see where they yeah. go with it so yeah but we are going to look back at the original film bill and ted's excellent adventure and uh so what do you guys what what's your early memories brent we'll start with you when was the first time you saw bill and ted did you see it when it came out or did you see it later I uh, definitely saw it when it came out. Saw it in the theater probably a handful of times. Uh, I liked this movie from the get-go. Like, just, uh, you know, it was fun. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time, uh, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, I don't know, like getting lost in my thought. But, yeah, it's it's uh, I saw it a lot. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> so you saw, it, you saw it in the theater, though, you said? Yeah, yeah, a few times, actually. I saw it more than once mm-hmm. in the theater. Okay. All right. Uh, David, how about you? It's, it's very likely I saw this in the theater. I can see this as something I would have like been super jazzed to go see um, and super excited as a, a nine-year-old. <laughs> and, um, and then I had seen it a, a few times, and I know I went to see the sequel in the theater. So I, And then mm-hmm. every so often I, I think I had seen Excellent Adventure. But, I mean, I'd say it'd be, it was a number of years since I've last seen it. So it was like coming it was like coming back home to to review it to for <laughs> <Yeah>. the show because <laughs> uh, I, I easily 15 years since i've seen it I, at least yeah 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 i um i kind of went against the grain on this one actually i did not see it in the theater mm. i don't know why but for some it was again one of those i just missed it in the theater I saw it, I remember seeing it in fifth grade in our uh, history class. Um, <laughs> so that would have been like a year later. So it was the spring of 1990. Also probably and the best I, history class ever. But right. I know. Yeah. My school, we watched a lot of movies in history classes. So. <laughs> your, your teacher was cooler than my teacher. um i just remember watching it and having no interest for some reason i just could not i did not get into it and then everybody else loved it and it was one of the you know there's those movies sometimes where you're like everyone else loves it so you kind of don't watch it yeah i i was that way with this movie i don't i really don't know why but i i i stayed away from it my entire life i Every time it came on, I would like leave or do something else. Or um, I, I made it all the way through my whole life without seeing it until or without really watching it outside of that that uh, class. But until just now, mm. I watched it for this show and I've been missing out this entire time. Oh, I man. super enjoyed it. I loved it. So it was almost like watching it for the first time, right? And so yeah. that's great. You got to yeah. see it with like fresh eyes, which is which yeah. is uh, a pretty neat experience, I'm sure. Having seen it so many times, I can't even remember. 
Right. Yeah, so I'm sort of coming at this one from the modern perspective. And, and there's, you know, there's, there's a couple things going on it that, that we'll talk about. But for the most part, like, I just had a really, really good time with it. And, and maybe, again, because it's such a, you know, we'll talk about Bill and Ted as characters and, and how kind of uplifting they are. But, it, again, it was, it was a, a good time to watch this particular movie. So uh, yeah. I'm glad the, the new one's coming out and that that's given us an opportunity to uh, cover it for the show. I also have some thoughts on on, you know, not really gripes because I do love the movie, but there are things that I think like based off, you know, sensibilities today that that may have been uh, changed if they were just going to make this movie now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. There's, there's just things that you don't do in, in film today or polite society today. (laughs) If you, um, that, that occur in the movie, but it's, uh, I think the phrase is like, it's, the, the entirety of the movie is mostly harmless. So it's like, right. I don't think th- the things that we can take issue with are, um, are you know, th- kind of tame. I mean, but, but should be recognized and, uh, and, you know, called out for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, again, just circling way back. That is, uh, that is kind of what we are doing on this show is that we're going to look at these and, and see, you know, even if we did love the movies growing up or if we still love them now, it's it's important to acknowledge what doesn't work in them and why it doesn't work. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop liking the movie, because obviously we have some attachments to some of these from our youth. But it, you have to acknowledge some things that just don't fly anymore. And, mm-hmm. and there's so much, especially from the 80s. Uh, the, the 80s seem to be a particularly uh, big offender of some of those and oh, the yeah. 90s 70s I guess they all offend really but <laughs> yeah on the on the spectrum of all that though I don't think this I mean this one's not you know this one's pretty tame and not very gratuitous in any way right uh, you know yeah I, this, I, I, this I think is... it's pretty benign but but uh but there's still some things there's still some stuff in there yeah well, before we get to all that, let's talk about uh, let's let's walk through the history of the movie and how it was made and 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 how it all came together. Uh, it was uh, created by two writers named Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Chris Matheson is the son of uh, famous writer Richard Matheson, big TV and horror writer, and uh, has done a, a ton of things. He wrote Jaws three for crying out loud. So Ooh, hey. um, he's done some big movies, uh, but. Chris Matheson is his son, and he was a classmate, uh, a playwriting classmate at UCLA with Ed Solomon. And uh, Ed Solomon was the youngest, at one point, was the youngest uh, writer in the Writers Guild. Uh, And he was, at a very, very young age, was writing on Laverne and Shirley. Really? Wow. So, how old? How old? Was, yeah, right. Like, how old was he? What was what? What was his age? I th- I want to say he was like twenty one, twenty two, something like that. It was like right out of college, uh, and these guys had been friends and classmates in college. But uh, so Ed, Ed's working in the business, and and they start they're doing they start doing uh, improv comedy uh, classes together, or not really classes, but just sessions and. And they come up with these these characters of Bill and Ted together just just because they're friends and just 
kind of bullshitting around and, and create these characters and kind of start working on them in this improv class and, and start fleshing out the characters. Just just very basic versions of, of sure. what we would later see in, in the film. But just, you know, very early, gen, you know, generic kind of versions of this. And but and they knew but they knew something was there. So this is probably in like 1980, 84, somewhere around there. Uh, they did have a third person who would who would be the Rufus character who eventually kind of went separate ways after a uh, a creative uh, difference of opinion, hmm. and uh, and Ed and Chris decided that you know what we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a script and just see if we can make some kind of story out of out of all these different you, you know story elements that came up in their in their improv group. Uh, do you guys? Uh, did you guys hear what the original title was of uh, of Bill and Ted? No, I have long ago, but I can't recall. So was it the first the first iteration of of the film was called Bill and Ted's Time Van, and <laughs> in the the early days, so instead of a phone booth, it was a van that was driven by their friend Rufus, who was like a twenty eight year old stoner. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, these characters did change quite a bit, and and right. even Bill and Ted themselves were the early versions were quite different. They, are uh, the original idea was that they were these fourteen year old nerds who, you know, not like Revenge of the Nerds kind of nerds, but sort of like outcasts and disliked by their entire class, and uh, just sort of like, you know, two guys who were just out on their own. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just very, very different. We'll, we'll get into how and why the, those characters change so much, but, uh, interesting to see, you know, how early on, uh, the Rufus character was and how different, how different it was. Right. Well, and they, and they steered away from the, the van, right? Because of a, another very famous time travel uh, movie that came from the eighties. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think there is any other time travel movie yeah, with I, a vehicle. What, in what what is that? No one's. I mean, come on. Out of time, dude. Um, they uh they wrote the film over four days, just in a coffee shop, just back and forth. They were writing like nonstop. Wow. So one would go up to get the coffee, the other would be writing, and when it was. Time to get more. Like the other one would go to get the coffee, and they would just literally the hand wrote the whole script and just pounded <laughs> out these ideas. and And there was there was a lot more time traveling going on. There was a lot, um, you know, of different historical characters that were involved. The original, you know, who the original? Uh, it wasn't Napoleon. Let's say that that was going to be uh, in in the group originally. Do you know who uh, who oh. was the? A ma- major historical character. It was oh God, was it, it was, Hitler? It was going to have to be Hitler. Right? It was Hitler, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess now with your Jojo rabbits, you know, you can sort of introduce that character, and and we've seen other versions of of yeah, Hitler on screen, but sure. that is a, that is a that is a slippery slope. But I mean, that you know, honestly, like now might be a good time. This is kind of the point that I wanted to make about. Uh, some of some some of what my gripe about this movie is is that 
even even though they steered away from Hitler, which I think was a great idea, and and they went with Napoleon. Like Napoleon himself is also kind of known for you know like destroying and slaughtering you know entire groups of people and not having any issue with like going to war and you know same with Genghis Khan and like I mean a lot of these historical figures that they actually go back and grab are pretty flawed and not good people and if our heroes are kind of uh you know their whole their whole thing is that they're bringing harmony to the to the world I think it would have been interesting to include historical figures that did more good than bad and like there just was there was mm-hmm. a lo- there was a lot of historical figures there that for comedy reason and for like just uh name recognition and pop culture icon status like i understand why they chose you know like billy the kid but billy kid he was an outlaw he was a murderer you know like why not yeah. like wyatt earp who, he, he was at least a lawman you know or right. or you know like sigmund freud who you know like now people kind of realize that a lot of his theories and and psychology is very flawed and you know, like, you know, like maybe use someone that did more positive work with their, you know, studies. And I, I don't know. That's kind of like my biggest, like, takeaway from rewatching it now is just like, mm-hmm. it's interesting that they that they are a, uh, uh, you know, a, on the precipice of being this this rock band that brings peace and everything across the galaxy. And a lot of the people that they go back historically and grab are like you know they're murderers and like you know Genghis Khan yeah. like like massacred entire like groups of people you know and it's like well that's pretty dark you know like that doesn't seem like the type of uh person that you know you would um enter like bring into this whole like hey I'm a peace like we're bringing yeah. peace to everything so that was kind of like right. my take, but that's a very that's a very like modern perspective on it. And again, like I totally understand why they picked the people they did, at least the majority of them. Um, but like that was my big like, huh? I wonder, you know, like why not? Yeah, there, there. Okay, as much as I loved the movie, there are a number of, um, I think, I, I don't know if I want to say holes, but there are. So I'm just, uh, you know, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, I have a big giant why question about this whole movie as, as, as in its entirety. Okay. So let's dive into that. Okay. Let's. So, <clears throat> so Rufus is going, you know, goes back in time to, to make sure that they pass their history class, right? Because that's going to. Let them stay together and keep wild stallions together, which is at some point in the future going to essentially save the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm but with you. Why, why does Rufus have to go back in time to make sure that that happens? Hasn't it already happened? What's the threat? Well, in quantum theory in some in some ways it's, it, it would it would be that he always did it, that it it's always happened that way. So there's right. no, the, which is kind of hard because of like a chicken and the egg scenario. Like how would he, how right. would, how would they know to do that if it wasn't done, but it, it but, but it already happened. So, yeah. so yeah, the, yeah. the logistical thing is, is a little, uh, off, uh, but it's, yeah. But they so, sort yeah, of address it, right? <laughs> they, they, they address it indirectly in the movie anyway, when, 
when um I'm going to get it wrong. So Bill is Keanu and Ted. No, it's the other way. Ted is Keanu and Ted's Bill Keanu. is yeah. uh, Alex Winter, right? So, Alex, yeah. So when Ted and Bill are standing outside the police station and they have to break out the historical figures, like they talk, they kind of talk about it. They're like, hey, so we have to remember to come back and drop off these keys so that we can do this, mm. right? Which, mm-hmm. which, is exactly, right. which is exactly the whole like conundrum that you're, you're bringing up. So if you extrapolate from there, you can, you can believe that, you know, these guys in the future said the same thing and they had to send Rufus back, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those, like, there's not a, you know, in the second movie, there's a villain who is interjecting himself to try to interrupt the, the flow of time here. In the first movie, there isn't that. It's just... You know, he's just trying to make sure that it happens the way it's supposed to. There's not really a a villain character. Well, I guess right. you could say, but the the uh, the antagonist would be them being separated, right? So, like Colonel Oates, he's the villain, right. even though we don't ever see him. You know, like or 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 whatever. The military school is the villain. His dad trying to separate them is the villain. But even though it's not like right. in, in your face, it's there's it's, no. It's, yeah, it's the idea of them being there, split up and not being able to come together in 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 whatever form they do once Wild Stallions cures the world of all its ailments. Yeah, there's no tangible villain. Let's say that it's more of a conceptual. You know, this has to happen so Bill and Ted can stay together. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, it it the movie plays <laughs> is gets tricky with its own time rules because. It's the I do like the fact that like when Rufus says like time is flowing forward in San Dimas, so they can't like go. They're constrained by the fact that they don't have all the time in the world to to get everything. They only have the the twelve hours or so or whatever to get everyone together, which is kind of weird because it doesn't make sense because they even appear at the Circle K later. Where what if they decided to just not get back in the time machine and they could just start their you know continue their path you know from that moment you know so it's it's Mm. best not to think about it (laughs) because it's (laughs) like because they like yeah they could have just decided to even though the machine was broken if they just decided well all right well we won't go back in the time machine anymore we've got enough and now we can just do more research or something and we'll we'll wait it out um technically they could have done that and then uh you know they it wouldn't have disrupted anything but yeah. It doesn't really make sense also, for like the other time rules. By by keeping their by by putting the rule in that their base timeline stays intact, right? Like man, by the mm-hmm. time they give this report, they've got to be exhausted. Like they've been no, up yeah. for like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they've been up for yeah. for at least 24 hours straight at least, right? So Oh yeah. Yeah, at oh, at a minimum. Well, well that's the thing though. This script does such a good job of like just letting you forget about all the logistical things. Like you, yeah. when you're watching the movie, you're really not wondering any of that stuff. You're just, you're along for the ride. You're enjoying it. Uh, or at least I was. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't, I, I guess that's part of the magic of it is that, yeah, there's all these, there's a lot of a fair amount of logistical questions and problems and unanswered questions, but you really don't spend <clears throat> Excuse me. You don't spend time thinking about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. You throw I enough dudes I... and righteous righteous into the script and you know, you kinda let the science slip. <laughs> well I... it totally it totally rides on the charm of these guys and, and we'll get into the casting a yeah. little bit later. Yeah. I would think the rules of the movie, if you pose the question, what if can they use the time machine and go back and kill Hitler? I I think it's like they can't because it never happened. Like because Hitler lived as long as he did. So they can't actually go yeah. and do that, but they were always, you know, so the, the idea is Billy, the kid was always picked up and then dropped back off. And like that, that's mm-hmm. literally how it always was. So I think it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's silly. It's silly fun because yeah, like you don't have to take any time. They're not, they're not wrestling with the moral uh, problems of Genghis Khan <laughs> or, or Napoleon. Like, Right, like you know, in terms of them being uh, bad guys, um, they're just guys from history. Um, like, so it's almost like, well, we can't do anything about them, but we can we can at least discuss them and we can bring them into the real into the present. But they're mm-hmm. they're going to still go back and do the things they're going to do. It's kind of a, yeah. um, you know, I, I like that it's freed from any of those like moral constraints. Like, it, it is just sit back. And these guys, these like very genuine guys, or I think, I think what, what's so great about the characters of Bill and Ted, it's their, their sincerity, like they're dimwitted and like, they don't care about school and they don't, they want to be in a rock band and they don't even know how to play, but they're totally sincere about like all of the joyous things about all that stuff. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, they're they're such interesting characters, and I think part of when I when I was staying away from this movie, I was sort of judging a, a book by its cover, and I I did not realize that these you know how intricate the characters really are. Yeah, because on the surface, clearly they're they're inspired by the, the Jeff Spicolis of the world, and yeah. who we talked about on our Fast Times at Ridgemont High episode. That you can find in the archives at www.reconsinimation.com. So, but they're not, you know, like they come across just looking at them like they're dumb stoners, but they're neither, mm-hmm. really. I mean, there's no, there's, is, I think maybe there's one reference to pot, but they're not potheads. No. Right. Right. Uh, is there a pot reference? I don't even. Yeah, I was trying to think. I I'm think to there's think one. Is there? I thought I heard one, one reference to it. Um, oh, there was something in their science class where they, there was a uh, comment they made, and I can't. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it was, but there was a comment to like about lighting, you know, lighting up. So oh, okay, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, they're yeah, not- but they, I mean, you know, the the assumption is that they're you know, you know, surfer stoner guys, right? right. That's how they come across. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah. And I think that was part of why, like, I didn't want to watch the movie because it was like, oh, just another, it's another, you know, those characters. It's just going to be boring and, um, you know, stereotypical. But they're really not. They are, these guys are very genuine. You know, they're actually, they're actually, you know, accent, the, the accent of their voice aside they're actually quite intelligent and really well-spoken. What, what they're actually saying is, is, you know, they are sharp guys. Yeah. True. It's just painted. Yeah. It's just painted with, uh, you know, kind of a, a dim witted brush, <laughs> but yeah, they're, 
Sure. They're, yeah. They're to you know they're sincere and compassionate and they're very well developed human beings. Um, you know that that care about uh, what's happening around them. You know. Um, yeah. Which is yeah. Which is good. To they see. just don't care for school and like that's you know that's not really that doesn't really matter uh, today. I think in terms of like their, a, a judgment of their character. Um, right. but like, that's what they're judged by as, you know, 17 year olds or whatever. Um, or 16, I guess they, they, they don't even know how to drive. So in, in, in yeah. the California in the eighties, well, could you drive but, at 16? I'm sure you could, but, but they're, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I assume so. They're seniors though. Right. Because don't they say I mean, something about, like right. So they'd be more like 18. Yeah. Because Missy was. A senior when Bill was a freshman. She's like she's only like three or four years older than them, isn't she? (laughs) Yeah. Well, exactly. Like she, yeah, she was a senior when they were freshmen. But I get, I get the feeling that they were (laughs) seniors now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Although I guess I guess they never really say that, but that's just kind of what I picked up. Yeah. They never say it. Uh, You know, again, the original concept they were supposed to be fourteen, so they would be what freshmen. Uh, but clearly they don't seem like freshmen. They don't have licenses. So, uh, you know, uh, it's questionable if they're 16 or not, or they, not everyone had a car. Maybe they have a license, but they don't have a car. Right. Right. Um, Maybe it's that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to, now I'm trying to figure out the Missy relationship with the dad and how, you know, like the timeline of what that would have, you know, cause you know what that's, a funny little thing that yeah. got in there. Yeah, let's let's come back to Missy. Sure. Yes. <laughs> let's I, not focus too much on Missy. About. Got it. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, yeah. no, we'll come back to it. Um so just circling back to some production stuff. So they the you know, they start right they've written the script. It's it's handwritten by uh, by Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson and now they're pitching it. They pitch a script to Warner Brothers and it's it's set up at Warner Brothers for, I want to say like a year uh, or somewhere around there. And Warner Brothers is having them make all sorts of changes. And at one point, uh, one of them is a jock and the other is a nerd. And they're having all these character changes. And and this is sort of where Rufus starts to change. Uh, but the big the one of the biggest changes that stuck was that uh you know like we mentioned back to the future had just come out mm. which was was that the biggest movie of 85 if not top two right yeah i think it was yeah it's top two for sure yeah definitely top two uh so there's a big fear about you know this is going to drive way too close to back to the future's lane so let's Let's change it up. Let's figure out another device from a from a car. So that's how the car become the the van becomes uh, becomes a phone booth, and and the title changes to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. They uh, they hire Stephen Herrick as the director, who had only directed one feature. He was an editor, but he directed one feature film, which was anybody know what his uh, directorial debut was. You ever seen a movie called Critters? Oh, no. Absolutely. But I'm aware of it. <laughs> Critters is great. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Stephen Herrick is is coming off of that, and 
and uh, he's uh, gets involved with the film, and then they start. Uh, and actually, Warner Brothers, you know, backs out of the deal, and they end up uh, finding getting another deal at Dino De Laurentiis's company, which was called DEG at the time. Uh, and then they start casting, which is, you know, the the casting of Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter is really what changes the the tone of the characters and where all the the charm comes in because these guys, I mean, they had a real chemistry together mm. and, and they're like, they're a great, and I think they were pretty good friends. They became good friends outside of this. And, uh, I don't know. They just, they work so well together. It was really perfectly cast. Yeah. It's a great chemistry between them. Yeah. It was that relation. So I read something where it was kind of like that relationship and, and them getting along as well as they did is, is kind of, you know, how they got cast, but also where a lot of that, sincerity and compassion for the characters like kind of that that softness to them came from is just uh they mm-hmm. worked on that themselves like separately um throughout the throughout the production like to give it to give their characters more depth and and yeah and and they actually you know they were you know i think the first two guys to arrive at the um at the casting session and they just kind of went off in a corner and started working together, like running through the lines together at the audition and, and their, their chemistry just was born right there. And, uh, I think they officially cast Keanu Reeves first, right? But, uh, yeah, like they, they knew right away that these were the guys. Yeah. And there's a rumor and there's, and they had, there's a rumor. There was a rumor that was going around that, that actually, uh, Keanu read for the, bill character and alex red for the ted character right have you heard that yeah well the characters are so similar really as uh, you know just looking at them they're they're, they are they were written as if they were two halves of one brain right so and they, they i think it was that they were they thought they were cast so keanu thought he was cast as bill and alex winter thought he was cast as ted and they found out like after they signed on that it was actually the opposite yeah and it wasn't and it was but i don't know if it would have go ahead well and it was them that kind of made each one of their characters individuals and kind of gave them a little bit of separation right so uh right afterwards yeah because you other than the differences of what's going on in their family lives there's really not a huge amount different between their two personalities right yeah so you could sort of, if you had to, you could interchange them. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess so. I, I get. I might have characterized Ted as a little more more goofy or 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 something, but I mean, not not too much. But I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. I, it'd be no. Too, I, I, yeah, yeah, I I I I agree. I think it comes across that Ted is a little bit goofier, sillier. Yeah. Where Bill might be the one. I think he's. From what I recall, I think he's the one sort of coming up with more of the ideas quicker than Ted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, it's he true. does it's, seem to be like a little more in charge. <laughs> it's it's funny because yeah. I'm I'm thinking about a couple scenes in the movie where yeah, okay, so like they they're they're traveling and they end up in the future and they're in that kind of I don't know whatever room with the future people and you know, and Ted looks at Bill to say a few words and he says you know like be good to each other and party on or whatever or ted uh yeah. Yeah. ted then says party on and then i think back to when they're at the high school and they're giving 
the thing and Bill is like uh, he's introducing Socrates and then he's like and Ted's gonna tell he's gonna translate and I'm just like Bill just totally threw mm. Ted under the bus man <laughs> <laughs> yeah making him come up with stuff that's funny yeah this movie's awesome anyway yeah. sorry I'm jumping around a lot because as we're talking but, about it I just keep no, thinking of okay. other moments in the movie yeah. that I'm just like oh that was great mm-hmm. yeah well, there's so many good moments here, you know, and these guys, you know, Keanu and, and Alex Winter are, are, you know, great. They're obviously great actors and, and they had a they had a big theatrical background um, and both were already had uh, established careers, just meaning that they had been out there. They had done some films and, and that were, you know, widely distributed. They weren't really like they weren't household names for sure by that point. Um, and you need to remember too that this movie, when so the movie comes out in February of '89, but it's shot way back in '87. Yep. So yeah, there's and there's a story about what happens when once once uh, filming was complete. But I think Lost Boys had come out, so that was really the biggest place that Alex Winter uh, had been seen. Um, I guess he was also in Death Wish 3. You know, David, you're a big fan of Death, Death Wish 3, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Every, <laughs> every week I watch it. Charles Bronson. <laughs> every, every Tuesday morning. That's <laughs> how I start my day. <laughs> uh, but Keanu had been in a few bigger movies. He was in Youngblood. He was in River's Edge. I don't know if you guys saw that Babes in Toyland, which I think was a TV movie. It was, hmm. yeah. But I, I always remember seeing that weird. Um, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Dangerous Liaisons probably came out around the time they started filming here. So um, it might not have been out by the time he was cast. So, you know, not huge movies, but but recognizable ones for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So the, the writers tell this story about when they when they uh, started production up in, in Phoenix, uh, where they shot most of the movie. They they hadn't actually <clears throat> met Keanu and Alex yet, and they went to this McDonald's that was across the street from the production office, and they're in line behind two guys, and they're like, these guys would be perfect as Bill and Ted. We should have cast them, and it turns out it was Keanu and Alex Winter right in front <laughs> of them. Wow. They had no idea. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so they went back across the street, and like later that day, they're like, oh. Those are the guys. <laughs> and they had seen them. They had seen their auditions. They just didn't put it together that, like, yeah. that was them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but obviously casting uh, Keanu and Alex, they have so much charm and personality that you couldn't have Bill and Ted be these nerdy characters anymore, which had, they had already you know, envisioned. So that's, you know, again, we talked about how they, uh, you know, put their own personalities into the characters and, and obviously like they're, they're just, they're, I don't, I would never believe them as nerds. Like that would never have flown. <laughs> yeah. Those two. No. I don't think so. Yeah. So let's talk about what else about the, um, the story in general. So they're, they're going back in time. Is there a reason that they're. Was there a specific reason they're getting these particular historical characters or are they randomly picking people? They had they, to pick people from each, from different eras that they got a piece of paper that tell them like 
talk yeah. about people from this era and this era and this era. So they were right. selecting just based on some some loose criteria. Yeah, like if you if you in the opening or not the opening scene, but the scene where they're in the classroom talking to their teacher, you can see on the chalkboard it says it has like a handful of the characters they do end up grabbing listed out there and he mentions when he's kind of reprimanding them and telling them that if if they don't ace this uh presentation they're going to fail that you know they've been given uh they've kind of been given their their criteria they now they just have to deliver basically yeah so when all right looking at it from 2020 does the does the language obviously the language that bill and ted speak how do you think that ages is it is it hard to is it like hard to you know here does it feel dated does it feel very 80s to you or does it still kind of work for the setting of the movie it's super dated but it's i think it, it once you get used to the guess in like the first five minutes just get used to it like you're you can follow along i don't think like i was um too affected by it like oh here we go again because that's that's how they sound the entire film so they're talking about how things are you know most unprecedented and most unusual and most triumphant and most excellent and yeah it's just like well that's just the language of the film so yeah but it, like looking at it, it's like it's super dated like you wouldn't quite do that today yeah, i, I mean, guess like there's i guess my question know, is like i i understand the stereotype right because i grew up in the era where that stereotype was prevalent but if i were watching it for the first time today and i was younger would would i get it i don't know like does that stereotype hold up i don't here here's the thing i i I think in this particular movie it just it works it's the world that's established here in this movie whereas in other movies like for instance they're not the main characters in any way, but cliffhanger. Let's go back to our cliffhanger episode, David. <laughs> okay. I would like the two. I'm, the two like. <laughs> I would like to see how you relate cliffhanger <laughs> to Bill right? and Ted. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the two uh, snowboarding or skiing dudes that are that are up there that Stallone runs into and then they end up getting shot. Oh yeah. Right mm-hmm. by uh, by Rex Lynn and the gang mm-hmm. in Lithgow, uh, like they're you know, clearly like Bill and Ted type guys, but they don't come off nearly as it comes. It it ages their version of those characters ages much more, uh, much more poorly than Bill and Ted do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like these guys, it it works because this is just the environment of the movie. Whereas in a lot of other nineties movies in particular that are doing the Bill and Ted thing, like they don't hold up at all. Well, right. You know? They're also out of place. They're like fish out of water because they're the only elements that are that are that way. Whereas, like, right. the whole world of Bill and Ted is built around kind of Bill and Ted, and you know, even even George Rufus, George Carlin's, you know, like he's like dude and like using the same language, just in a much more or much less uh, goofy kind of way, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, certainly Carlin doesn't come across goofy no, no. like ever. Right. <laughs> but even in the even in the future world, like they're speaking in like they're using Bill and Ted like words. They're speaking in their language. It's yes. just the inflection is different. Right. Like like it's it's yeah, a right. more mature use 
of the language based off i mean i don't even do they even do they even say how far in the future rufus is coming from is like 700 years i 26 yeah or something like that so yeah so yeah so this is like generations and generations and generations of people adapting that that language to to fit them you know so it's yeah it's like it works mm-hmm. because it's woven throughout the entire movie even though it's given different uh kind of inflection and and importance i guess depending on where in the movie you are yeah and the way they speak is important for to contrast them against all the adults and the historical figures and the, the good writers i think they they do find a way to like make sure like you know a movie with teenagers if it's about those teenagers those teenagers have their own like language their own like way of being that they're slightly different than than everybody else just because you know they have their own slang or their own their own inflections or their own jokes and i think like this is this is just part of that kind of thing and and yeah they're so consistent and uh, they're so consistent, and that is the world they live in. Like that's how Bill and Ted see the world. It's how they talk, and um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see them at fifty. Like I'm, I'm, a, I have a feeling in the third movie they're they might have some of that, but they're still like fifty year old men in 2020. So like, what are how exactly are they talking? Are they? I doubt they're talking the exact same way, but I'm sure the attitude. I I don't know. I think they might be. That'd be fun. It looks like they might be. Yeah, they definitely yeah. say some of the words and stuff in the trailer. I, I, I only saw it the one time. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I'll just see this movie whenever it comes out. I'm not going to like keep keep looking at the trailer. Anyway, yeah, I've, I've I think kinda, it's I've important that like... the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, part, it's probably a smart movie. Just go in blind. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I think it's important like teens, the teen characters are very specific in the, like who they are in it. Yeah, I think it it works, even though it's like dated in a sense. I think you're right. Like the those cliffhanger surfer dudes are are way more dated and and odd than Bill and Ted in their internal world. Right, and I think that's a good point uh, that you guys brought up. That that you know, in the world of the movie, you know, the the future world has completely adapted to the way Bill and Ted are, mm-hmm. so it, it normalizes it in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the future guys, and, like be excellent to each other. Like you know, it's, right? It's, yeah. They uh, and we never see, we never see what happens to Bill and Ted in the future, um, nor do we hear whatever this song is that changes the universe. Right. Right. Do you think that the music that's playing when they're in the future, though, is the music that you know, like that's kind of. It could be. I guess it could be. Uh, that's not made clear, though. It could be some of their mu- music. I mean, I'm sure they write that one song, but then how many songs well, yeah, do, I mean, do they have? Yeah, I wonder if that's also, maybe that's part of the plot of the third movie. Maybe that's what's going to happen. We'll have to find out. Could be. Let's talk about George Carlin and the some of the rest of the cast here. So... Rufus is such an interesting character and and I think made most interesting because of George Carlin. Uh, he's obviously a, a comedic icon, uh, you know, all the way from the 
was he uh, he was doing comedy in the late 60s i believe right yeah i think that's right yeah 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 and then he was huge in the 70s and 80s but uh he wasn't the original person they were going after for for uh rufus they went after a number of different people i think they landed on the best one but Mm -hmm. um, they went after uh, I think Eddie Van Halen was the main person they were they were going after, um, yeah. mm-hmm. but he, you know, it was a money thing, yeah. and he wanted it was too expensive. He wanted more money, especially they were Van Halen was so huge at that point, like he re- he really didn't have to do the movie. Um, they went after Ringo Starr and Roger Daltrey. Mm. Uh, Ringo would have been interesting because I guess a similar kind of look to Carlin, but I don't think he could. I mean, he wasn't much of an actor. No offense, Ringo. Yeah. Ringo's a charming guy, though. Ringo, Ringo's I could have seen it. Ringo's a listener to this podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> you got to be careful. I think he's. Cool. I think Ringo's quite charming. I think he could have. He could have been okay, I guess. But no, Carlin is. Yeah, uh, but he's not an actor, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You know, I think the thing about Carlin playing the character that, like Ringo, could have been a good fit. Like he, you know, obviously he's got the musical chops to kind of, uh, and and. You know, he had the look a little bit. But the thing about Carlin's performance in this is that I always get the sense when he's like delivering in his lines and, and, and in the scene that he knows more than we do. You know, like he just there's always something yeah, it, like going yeah. on for him inside that just to me, like he holds all the knowledge. Like everything is just it's all good if Rufus is there, like he's got the answer, mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't, there's just oh, like yeah. a subtle yeah. performance thing that he's doing not you know like it's not like a cocky thing or like i'm better than you thing it's just like this subtle kind of like wisdom that is portrayed in his in his performance that i don't think any of the other people could have pulled off they're just not actors the same way that that and not that carlin was really a i mean he'd done acting obviously but you know like i don't know he just it was very well done by by carlin hmm well, and and both I think on screen and behind behind the scenes, he was a very calming presence to everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were I don't know if they were halfway through filming, but they they shot a large portion of the movie and they did not have Rufus cast yet. So right. there was there was a lot of anxiety of who was going to play that character, and especially for Keanu and, and Alex Winter. Um, you know, they and then once Carlin was cast, they were just really relieved and and i think you know he's just got that like you said like if he's if he's around everything's going to be okay like he's he's got a plan he knows how it's going to work out Mm -hmm. so um you know you feel kind of calm yeah uh they also went after uh charlie sheen and sean connery as rufus completely different characters there but yeah Charlie Sheen, like that. To I can't. Me is like, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't even. Like, was he even old enough? Like, I feel like Charlie Sheen would be more like Keanu or or Alex age wise. Like, I, I don't know. That's uh, he's barely he's barely older than them, and I, mm-hmm. I think part of it was that he was a name, and at the time, you know, the machine was cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe he'd bring that kind of presence to it. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, but but uh I think that yeah, I that was clearly wasn't the right fit. 
Connery kind of, you know, maybe could have worked, but he just did the same thing in Highlander, basically. Mm. Yeah. Good point. This mentor role kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had done Highlander, and by this point, you know, he had done The Untouchables. I guess when they were filming this, he hadn't quite done Indiana Jones yet. But, uh, you know, his 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 star was back on the rise again after after a kind of disastrous late 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Uh, by the way, let me just segue on Sean Connery for a second. Have either of you guys seen the movie Zardoz? No. I've always wanted to see it. His costume um, in that it is, is, has always been the draw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. why is the this guy? His costume is the draw. <laughs> 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 it's wild. He's running around in his underwear the entire movie, mm-hmm. and it is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Just do yourself a favor and wa- just watch the trailer Mm-mm. tonight and um, enjoy. Okay. I know it's streaming somewhere. But that's what was happening. Sean with- Connery in his underwear. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I missed it. That's yeah. Check that out. <laughs> I think it's on Hulu. I want to say it's on Hulu. Yeah. What's it called? It's streaming. I don't feel like I don't, I've never even heard of this movie. Zardoz. It's one of Connery's weird 70s movies. Cool. All right. Check that out. Write that down. It's like, you know, you you walked away from James Bond so you could make Zardoz. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Uh, Yeah. The the, uh, three most important people. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with the, the people who played those characters? No, I had to look it up later. Uh, uh, totally. Yeah, the only one I I recognized was Clarence Clemens from uh, the E Street Band. Mm. Like he's he's pretty recognizable. Mm-hmm. But the other two I did not I did not know. Uh, Fee Waybill, who was uh, from the Tubes, and Martha Davis, who was from the Motels. Mm. So, a lot of uh, musical connections. Oh, those in are this the, movie. those are the three people in the future. The, th- the right. three future people. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yes. that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Genghis Khan is a very recognizable actor. Al Al Lung, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Lung, I think it's Lung, uh, who's in Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and Big Trouble in Little China, and he's usually kind of an evil henchman. Uh, you know, uh, so it was it was uh, it was fun to see him get a little bit more of a role in this as Genghis Khan. A lot of those guys, uh, you know, uh, the historical figures and, and uh, uh, Ted's dad are, are all recognizable faces that you've seen around. None of them are, are household names, but I believe I believe uh, Ted's dad is in the third movie. I'm not totally sure, That's, but uh, I thought I saw caught him in the trailer. Yeah, he, yeah he right. Yeah, oh, he is. dope. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Got to have him. And you got to have Missy, too. Yeah, is, is Missy she, back? Is she in it? I don't know if she's in it. I, I don't know. You you gotta have. I mean, you have to. Uh, I mean, yeah. You'd, and it's you'd hope so. But it's funny in, yeah, in the in the first movie. So she's she's married to B- Bill's dad. In the in the second movie, she's married to Ted's dad. Oh, right. I forgot that detail. Cool. Oh wow, yeah. I forgot that detail too. <laughs> I wonder who she's married to in the third movie. Yeah. She's probably just divorced. I don't know. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh it looks gosh. like she. It um, looks like she is in the third movie, though. So yeah, bring that gang back together. 
The whole gang is back it. together yeah. again. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to get any of the historical characters back in. I'm not going to look it up, but uh, we'll have up. to find out. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out there's there's a couple of there's a couple of things that um, that didn't age well for me, and and some of it is is a being a product of the '80s. Um, I'm just gonna spell it because I don't like to use it, but the the tossing out of the fag word. Yeah, hmm. that sucks because that shows up in Which so is, many movies from the '80s, and it's just it's so everywhere. off-putting it's, now, like. That word just isn't acceptable yeah. ever, you know, and it's like it just was such a different mindset in the 80s. And it's not as gratuitous yeah. here as I feel like it was in some of the other stuff that we've we've watched. But, yeah, that word always is like, oh, come on, guys, you you, you could do better. <clears throat> yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, I knew w- the word was in it, but I actually my memory of it was like. Does Ted like call one of the you know the knights that or something? I didn't remember the context of it, and then when it actually happened, it's it's a lot more tame than I expected. At least it was you know I mean certainly not mm-hmm. not a, an acceptable thing. You wouldn't I you know you wouldn't use it, but um, it was just between Bill and Ted and like this like you know nervous uh, homophobia <laughs> between them because they hugged. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that it's in it at all, but I think it's it's because of the product of its time and it is part of the it is part of a lot of 80s language. Um so it's Well, just, all the way I mean they they used it all the way past 2000. I mean, oh, they sure. used it well into the 2000s. I mean Oh yeah. It's yeah, it it was just part of the it's unfortunate that it was it was became part of the regular regular use in language and yeah. and not even like it wasn't even a curse it was just uh just something to yeah it was just uh, i mean it defined homophobia yeah well there was just like there's such a like i don't know alpha machismo of things in the 80s you know like everything had to be like dripping testosterone and it was just like you know so Nowadays, like two guys hug, it's like whatever. Like nobody cares. Like it's just people are much yeah. more accepted. Like it's just more commonplace, I think. Yeah. Well, now nobody's hugging for totally different well, reasons. Right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if somebody hugs, like you got to have like a contract, and it's like all sorts of weird. <laughs> yeah. No physical touching of any kind. Yeah. But it, it's it's hard. It's one of those things that, you know, it was so I mean, it really became popularized in the 80s. And, you know, we, we heard it in Teen Wolf. I just watched an American Werewolf in London. They say it there. It's in so many movies. Uh, you know, I, I would say the majority of 80s movies probably use that word somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of those that like that word just took me out of the movie for a second. Yeah. And it was unfortunate. Uh, you know, you, again, you can't change it. And it, it is, uh, you know, part of these things of why these, you know, certain elements of movies don't work is because it's a it's a snapshot of that time period. And, and you just have to acknowledge that it was it was said it was wrong. And, you know, that's I think that's the most important thing is to, like, say it out loud that that's that's not OK anymore. And we're not going to do that. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I bet it doesn't show up in the third one. 
<laughs> Highly doubt it, but it does show up even more in the second one. Oh, so does it? Really? They haven't quite. Co- oh yeah. I haven't watched. Yeah, haven't perfect. Watched the second one yet. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. I, do, I mean, I've I seen it. In, um, I do want to watch the second one before the third one. So yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll buckle up for that. Well, I think. <laughs> I think there's things from the second one that tie in, so it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you got a few days. Isn't the so. isn't the because Grim Reaper's in the in the in the third movie too? I think right. Yeah, I think yeah, so. is yeah. Is it, yep. Is that Corbin Corbin Burnson? Corbin is that who plays? No, it's w- William, Sadler, William Sadler, the great okay, William Sadler. Your, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that that doesn't hold up for me is how women are treated in this movie is, is one other thing that just, Oh, it's, you know, either they're a sex object, like actually, I mean, they're besides Joan of Arc, they're all sex objects. You know, Missy is just a a toy for the dad essentially. And, uh, you know, uh, creating a weird an awkward and a punchline. Yeah. 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 Uh, A weird and awkward dynamic for, for uh, Bill. And Ted, really. Um, you know, you don't know anything about her character. You don't know, you know, she really doesn't have a character other than, you know, just being there. Well, you know she's young. And the two... You know she's young. You know she was in high school right. with those guys before um, before she married uh, Bill's dad. I get the sense that Bill's dad she is, likes like older a, guys. Is, is like a professor. And she was like one of his students. That's that's kind of the feeling that yeah. I get from it. I don't know if they said that. I'm just pretending like I didn't pick that up. But no, that's he looks like that. That's kind of the sense yeah. I get from it. Not that but that's so makes weird anything because about well, her and there's not less, you know, like not poorly, you know, executed. But yeah, that's kind of yeah, yeah. Well, like, what are the odds of like a a uh, a 21 year old girl? It's going to fall for like a middle-aged middle-class man in in California. Like what? Right. Like, I guess that could happen, but like what? It's just so weird. It does happen. I mean, it happens, but it does happen. There, there's, there's a friend, there was a friend of my, my wife's who uh, was, you know, when we were friends, we were in our twenties and she definitely liked older guys. I will, I will not reveal her name, but, uh, she was very into older, older men. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so it, it is a thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, Crazy. But like, you know, that they were, she, and they they played up the jokes that like, you know, they basically they went to high school together. But it's like that scene where she comes in the bedroom and give them snacks, and all three guys are like just leering at her, and 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 it's just yeah. it's really gross. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, uh, it's well, very and, awkward. And they stay to like. Yeah, and they they kick them out of Bill's room, and yeah. it's assumed that they have sex in Bill's bed yeah. with him in the house. I don't even like, think it's assumed. Like Ugh. Ted's basically telling Bill that as yeah. they're walking out the door. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, but then the contrast that with the uh, the babes, the princesses. Um, again, they're just like these objects of yeah. like, of to attain. Um, I mean, Ted says when he sees them that he's in love like he can't you know that just their beauties is the thing that pulls him in but you know they they don't they barely talk when they finally interact and then bill and ted are there to like rescue them and uh they fail but like 
in in the midst of their adventure um, to rescue them from marrying some old grody men or old old royal dudes. Um, <laughs> but then, like Rufus, like fixes it at the end. Like, here, I brought you the girls you liked uh, <laughs> at the very end of the movie. Yeah, it's like holy yeah. shit. What what the hell is this? Like, here's your item. Yeah, you, know? you <laughs> like these have... aren't people. These are items yeah. for you to own. Yeah, you won a here, princess. You earned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of them, you know, one of them is played by Diane Franklin, who's a great actress. She was in Better Off Dead. She was in uh, the the uh, yep. Last American Virgin. Yep. You know, she was an established actress, and I don't understand why they didn't use her more. And even watching it, like once I saw her, I knew she was in the movie, but when I saw it this time. And saw her pop up. I'm like, oh yeah, there's going to be more with these characters because she's like, you can you can lean on her as an actress. Yeah. Well, but they just it's, didn't for whatever reason. It's not like Hollywood doesn't have a history of giving you know f- female or or people of color a, an opportunity to to have uh, parts with real substance. You know. Yeah. Right. Not that, not yeah, that I would expect nice that. I mean, we're to, talking, uh... we're talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, we're not, but, but at the <laughs> at the same time, yeah, like that, that kind of stuff. You know, uh, not that it's come as far as it should be, but it's it's you know definitely doesn't hold up, and it's not as bad as it is as it's displayed here. You know. Well, you can tell. I mean, it's very clear most of the time when when a movie is written by a guy or a couple of guys because. Very rarely do you see fleshed, fully fleshed out, uh, you know, women characters who are <clears throat> on the same level as the male characters. And obviously here you don't have anything close to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, and you know, I so, mean, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, you know, this is Bill and Ted's movie. Uh, they could have handled that yeah. relationship better. But, you know, like I, I wouldn't expect to see. You know, like there's not really any kind of like love story or romance or anything like that going on. It's just kind of like a, a a little bookend to the movie. But but yeah, yeah. you know, I think mm-hmm. I yeah. think I think in today's uh, standards, they would have probably handled it differently with with a little bit more. Uh, uh, you know, they would have been a little bit more delicate with everything. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so the uh, they shoot the movie. The the Stephen Herrick, uh, the director, who is is trying to balance the level of comedy uh, that's happening in this movie because it could very easily sway over into almost slapstick. It, it really does walk that line very closely, mm. and I, I think it's really important to keep it just on this side of slapstick. You know. It, it, it wouldn't. I think it would have taken the movie down a few notches if they had gone like, you know, more physical comedy, like Jim Carrey kind of stuff. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. at least with the main characters, they get some of it in with the with the like secondary characters, like Nap- the Napoleon, char- yeah, yeah, Napoleon and Genghis Khan in the mall, and you know, even even yeah. Beethoven, which is fine, jamming out yeah. to the, yeah. That that mall montage is fantastic. I love that. Like yeah, I love it. And they, really I love great. that all it of is. them, all of them managed Fine. to get in trouble at the exact same time too. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And forget that. Like uh, Billy the Kid like shoots his gun in the mall, 
and then I think <laughs> yeah. he shoots his gun in the school later. I'm like, yeah. oh no, oh, yeah. this is that's like, yeah. oh shit, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't just, work today. <laughs> he's just yeah, exactly. You're right. That absolutely doesn't work today. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's yeah, that's a big no-no. Yeah. yeah, that's I I I didn't think about that either. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, but oh, but when Napoleon is the the Napoleon stuff with him with Deacon like eating the yeah. ice cream and going bowling and going to the water park. I mean. What a great, like, just a little uh, deviation or, you know, like, just from what's going on. And there, I think it's so, those scenes are so funny to me. And, I mean, I remember being a kid and he's he throws the, the bowling ball and he falls and he's just going, mad, 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 yeah. mad. I'm, like, I must, I, I'm sure I laughed like a like an asshole, like, just forever on that. Like, because, like, yeah. just cursing in French, like, that's hysterical. Like, I, like, that's hilarious to me as a kid. And uh, I was still amused today. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Yeah. That, that character is great. Was, yeah, they, yeah. Great choice of, great casting there. And, and, you know, they really did nail the fish out of water uh, element for all the historical characters and um, you know there's there's lots of funny bits for each of them to do and they, they all get their moments there and yeah um, Joan of Arc like leading the uh, the exercise uh, group mm-hmm. yeah. yeah she just takes over and like she's she's a warrior <laughs> she's a, and she uh, she loves what aerobics is I guess like she learned aerobics like yes <laughs> yeah um, and Beethoven just rocked the, the just, synth, the the synth, the synth uh, keys, man. Like he was. Oh yeah, that was some good yeah. shit. <laughs> and Billy the Kid and Socrates and uh, Freud are trying to pick girls up, which is also creepy. Super yeah, creepy. a little creepy. <laughs> but it's so funny because the girls are not like they're looking at them. They think they're being flirtatious, and they're just laughing at them the whole time, like these pathetic guys. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I do love when. Billy the Kid and Socrates are together for the first time and they have to stay by the booth and then they just, they have the football and then they just start playing catch like with the football <laughs> behind yeah. Bill and Ted. Like, it's just like, it's this nice little moment. Like these, like they have like a little bit of a partnership that's established right there. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of pair off a little bit there. That's, that's kind of a cool group. Yeah. And they save Bill and Ted because like, you know, uh, from the execute because they're actually the executioners in the in you know uh, olden times, yeah. And they they free right, them right, and all that. So it's you know the, the the it's got like these little adventure elements like that. I think the most time they spend in the time period is when they meet the princesses and they get in trouble and uh, yeah, and then where you think Ted dies and yeah. Or, or Bill thinks that Ted is dead. But it's, but it's so funny. They see the princesses and they're like, how do we get in? And like, then it cuts to them inside suits of armor in, in part of the castle, um, which realistically would have taken them about half an hour each to get into <laughs> into the armor <laughs> yeah. to begin with. Yeah. And they're standing still. Like, It's just like this Bugs Bunny cartoon moment, um, which I thought was really charming and funny. Well, that's one of those, you know, where, where again, like you don't focus on that for, for whatever reason, oh, yeah. the charm of what they're doing is, is just like helps you just kind of skip right over those little questions. Yeah. Well, yeah, the movie it's itself so doesn't take itself too serious, you know, so it's, it's easy to let it, right. let it slide. Yeah. Let all that slide. I think that's where I think uh, Herrick did a really nice job with this movie of keeping it 
you know, at that right tone. That it, It's funny. It, there is a lot of physical humor, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it, he really did a nice job of maintaining that tone. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the ending. Which- so the original ending of the movie was quite different in that not so much in concept, but they still, you know, the historical characters come back and they help them give their, uh, you know, presentation. But the original ending is like in a classroom. Yeah, it's much smaller. Okay, not in the auditorium. Yeah, yeah. and there, and it's it, there's so much time spent on all the historical characters that Bill and Ted are just kind of pushed off to the side, literally not doing anything for 15 to 20 minutes as they go through this. Whoa. And, uh, they they shot for about <clears throat> I think it was about half a day, and they knew like this is not working. This just doesn't look right. There's nothing for Keanu and Alex to do. They're literally just standing there for you know multiple pages, and uh, so they stopped filming. The producer called Dino De Laurentiis and and pitched like, hey. We need to change the ending of this movie. Like, we need something bigger, better, much more grand. You know, this is your big finale. So we need to make it that instead of just, you know, a scene in the classroom. So that's how uh, the auditorium version of it was born. And they have that great kind of... Uh, just the theatrics are, are running uh, on, on a high level there right yeah. at the end. Dude, and it works so it's well. It's the greatest high school book report ever given. Like... <laughs> yeah, you know, it yeah, works. That, it's that was awesome. <laughs> that had lighting and sound was, design. Were any? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, were any you know high school presentations done in an auditorium like that? No, but no. <laughs> you let it slide. <laughs> but it works so well here. I assume yeah. that I assume from this movie that that it did. Like <laughs> people right, were that's where pay- that's where right that's right. where your senior like, the whole history. School history reports were given were the auditorium like that's come on guys yeah where'd you go to school <laughs> i love yeah. the, like that's <laughs> that the, the fact that that was like added later or you know had to be rethought and and put in it really upped it upped it so much like it's such a great sequence um and it's well it's well shot and well yeah otherwise together. it's like i just it, what a great idea right well, and in context, Otherwise, in context like, of where they end up going, right? Like, I mean, they're, they, we know that these guys in the future are supposed to be performers that bring together everybody. So for them to yeah. have this opportunity to present in front of their high school, you know, and kind of start to see that performance and, and, and uh, you know, the theatrics that they could bring is, is pretty cool. It's, I think it, it totally makes sense. And yeah. Works. Yeah, it fits their who they are, for sure. Yeah, otherwise the movie comes to a screeching halt. You know, the pace, oh, yeah. everything just kind of stops. Yeah. So this was uh this was a great great ending note to go out yeah. on. Um, the uh, <clears throat> the troubles uh, with the film didn't end there though. So <laughs> you know, as we touched on, they finished filming. And, uh, you know, DEG goes bankrupt in 1988. So the movie is basically frozen and it's destined to be on the shelf and no one's ever going to see it. However, a few of the executives from DEG end up at a company called Nelson Entertainment. 
and we're still i guess it was the right couple of guys because they were whichever executives they were they were supportive of the movie they, they so knew which shelf they the pitched DEG a new deal <laughs> the top one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so they they make a new deal with nelson entertainment and orion the great orion pictures to mm-hmm. uh distribute the film and and finish it so so that's why the movie that this movie that was supposed to come out in 1988 ends up coming out in 1989, and this whole time, like the actors and everybody, just he thought it was dead. It was just it was never gonna see the light of day, or it was gonna just end up on HBO as a you know TV movie, basically. Hmm. But little did they know, it must have been yeah. a nice uh, oh. thing where, like, yeah, the the project's dead. They shot it. It's dead for over a year. And then it comes out. And then everyone's, like, you know, probably, like, seeing Alex Winter and Keanu around and, like, quoting him and, you know, uh, and stuff. I mean, it wasn't, like, a gigantic hit, but I think it was it was definitely in the, the, the zeitgeist. Uh, everybody knew who Bill and Ted were, I think, for, yeah. for the most yeah. part. So. Well, that like to go from like it's dead to, you know, hearing excellent like all the time. Oh, that's kind yeah. of that's kind of a cool yeah change. When did when did Parenthood come out? Because Keanu plays kind of a similar character in that too. So I wonder. I mean, he's a Parenthood uh, came out. I believe uh, it was in '89. It was later in '89. I'm not sure what month, but uh, it was it was definitely after this. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he would have played that character differently if he thought that Bill and Ted was actually going to get released when he was filming it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, oh, sorry, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but I do want to point out that all these are pretty much all of these historical characters, not every one of them, but the majority of them. Once they go, the the sad thing about this movie is that once these guys go back to their time period, most of them are going to die violent, violent deaths. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. If you think about the context, that goes back to my point earlier that they're all kind of bad guys. Like they're all, they're all not good. Yeah. I mean, Joan of Arc, you know, she has the worst thing coming to her and it's like man that yeah. sucks yeah there yeah. was no thought to like warn these guys yeah. of what's going to happen like you, they could have told lincoln don't go to the theater like but yeah exactly that well but that always happened though then yeah. they then but if they did then they'd change the course of history so which isn't even an element that they really dive into it's yeah. you know the approach is is very different from back to the future sure yeah in that it's it's really not about like oh don't mess up the yeah. you know the timeline, like they don't even touch on that stuff. Yeah, it's no, not about alternate timelines at all. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, because like like Lincoln and all those guys are going to go back to their time periods and have exp- and going to remember having experienced this whole thing, and in theory that would alter something. I mean, maybe that's why Lincoln ended up in the theater where he got shot in the first place because now he's got a new. Right. Maybe Love for theatrics after you know performing for the yeah. for the high school in San Dimas. I blame Bill and Ted. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, again, I think it is. It's it's bec- it always happened that they met Bill and Ted. So the history we know includes Bill and Ted in it. Uh, no matter what, they didn't change anything. It just always was. 
Right. <laughs> right. Right. If you buy into the yep. yeah, that's true. If you buy into the movie, <laughs> that's the only way to do it. Because <laughs> then they can't really alter the things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dust in the wind. That was uh, <laughs> that Socrates, that Socrates scene uh, where they they do the analogy, and he's he's so blown away that that Ted gets it, and then he says like dust. Like dust or what? Like uh, dust in the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. Yeah. This is what Socrates <laughs> says. I was, I died. I thought that was such a funny line. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few very um, you know, of its time kind of lines here. Like like reach out and touch someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it's a it's like a, nobody knows. Like, what's a phone booth? Right. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kids today, they're not going to know yeah. what a phone booth is, right. what what that AT&T reference is. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> what what like what is a phone yeah. book, you know? Like none of that like no, you know, none of that stuff right. really exists. Yeah. This movie must Imagine s- it's it's not all on your cell phone that's like in your pocket. Like you actually had to go to a place to use pay to use a phone Get out and like here. look up in this giant manual <laughs> oh life was hard <laughs> yeah and that phone booth too by the way was uh not a lot of fun to film those uh the circuits of time all those scenes like you know yeah, they, crammed they crammed those guys i mean they built a few different size uh, ele- uh, uh phone booths but still cramming you know, was it like six, seven people in there? That's um, that's pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it was only like the four of them, the four like with it was, it seemed like it was tight. And then when there was like double the amount and plus, I'm like, there's no way that's the same phone booth. There, like, that thing yeah. that looks right. That's got to be bigger, right? They, they, they must be more of a rectangle or something. Like, but come no, on, guys. There's just no. Yeah, way. it was. Yeah, what, what yeah. Do, it was, but still. What do we all know about call boxes? They're bigger on the inside. Let's right. not forget that. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk a little box office, huh? Shall sure, we? Yeah. I like money. Uh, okay. So, yeah, money's good. It's, uh, the movie's got a $10 million budget. It uh, is released February 17th, 1989. It's, uh, the other new releases that weekend would be The Burbs and True Believer. Hmm. So three new films. And where does Bill and Ted fall in? First. It's got a $6.1 million opening weekend uh-huh. and falls in at number three. Oh. So not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Burbs number one? Uh, but it's following... Uh, number one was uh, Rain Man, oh. and oh, uh, sorry, sorry, no, I take that back. Number one was The Burbs. Two was Rain Man. Uh, then was Bill and Ted, and then was Three Fugitives. That's yes, oh, the Nick Nolte, fugitives. Martin Short classic. Holy Whoa. cow! Yeah, yeah. I haven't cool. thought about that movie yeah. in decades. I've never seen uh, it. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. By the way, Ooh. I just happened to notice that. There's another reason to get, get HBO there. Max. <laughs> we're not which, uh, but the, uh, which we're not sponsored <laughs> by but i'm just saying no not this week yep nope nope <laughs> uh it ends up pulling in 40 million dollars worldwide so that's a that's a big hit um and it falls uh it ends up at number 
This is how big uh, 1989 was. The, Bill and Ted's is only number 32 of the year. Wow. Mm. Yeah. A good year. Uh, again, falling between Three Fugitives and K9. Hey. K9. K9, like Belushi the one with Belushi? Out, Jim Belushi. Whoa. Oh, yeah. There's another one. <laughs> Decades. Yeah. And we covered uh, the summer, at least the summer of 1989, uh, back in year two uh, of, of Reconcinimation, which you can find in the archives. Uh, so, you know, part of what we talked about there is the massive amount of huge movies that came out just in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so you start spreading out beyond that, then you've got, you know, the whole uh, rest of the year where, where there's more and more big films coming out. And, and this was one of them. So even though 40 million isn't necessarily the biggest box office that we've talked about, uh, it's good for the film, but it's really the cultural impact of the movie where it, it really uh, hit home. I mean, it was it, kids really took to the movie. And I remember everybody doing Bill and Ted and talking about Bill and Ted mm-hmm. and the merchandising that followed was huge. You know, this is one of those movies that really did capitalized on it there were there weren't i guess there weren't really like toys but they did video games for multiple platforms mm-hmm. they had a breakfast cereal they had <laughs> the animated series i remember uh and then the live action series <laughs> yeah there's a lot going on i remember one summer so i i used to go to the summer camp and we would watch movies like saturday night they'd have like summer camp movie night and bill and ted they played at one point and this is like a you know this is like a christian camp but they get to that point where it's like in the movie where Bill and Ted are asking Bill and Ted what number they're thinking of. And everybody that was not a counselor in the, in the camp at the same time said 69 dude. And of course none of us knew what the hell that meant at the time, but it's just like, Oh, we're sitting in this Christian camp talking about 69. That's not appropriate. I bet. You know what? You know what, Brent? I bet the counselors were thinking it too. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> Then they went out and uh, got stalked by some dude in a hockey mask. But. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's a different show. Um, Yeah, right. Do you guys remember the animated series? No. I think I... I might have watched it a little bit. It's, I, I, I saw a, a, like a YouTube of like the, the intro to it, and it seemed kind of familiar. So I don't, I don't know if I was like all on board, but I, I think I watched at least a few episodes of it. So, I but feel it was like actually, it definitely came out. Yeah, it was actually voiced by Alex Winter and Go, Keanu and and George Carlin, right? Like, they were, yeah. Oh wow. Which, well, it it came out in a amongst a slew of uh, animated series for big '80s movies like Teen Wolf and Back to the Future, and there seemed to be like a ton of them coming out. Uh, but yeah, the first season, the voices are you know Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and I think George Carlin all do the voices pretty amazing yeah that's really cool. amazing that would it does not happen today it, it it no never um well i guess i wouldn't say never because like the rock did a voice in uh, one of the animated transformers uh series hmm. so occasionally you'll get uh, some big names doing yeah. that stuff and vin, but vin um, diesel makes an appearance in the fast and furious animated tv show so that's true that it, it happens is is there one? Yeah, it's on Netflix, oh, man. Check it out. A, it's crazy good. Animated Fast Whoa, and Furious. Whoa, I didn't know that. Oh, dang. That's all that needed was an animated series. Yeah. 
perfect. I'm all on board. <laughs> yep. Uh, the so they only do the voices for the first season. The second season, they're voiced by another set of actors who end up going to play the same characters in the live action series like a year or two later. Oh, funny. Oh, Which I, I, I never saw that. No. And it only went like eight episodes or something. Yeah, I didn't know it existed until I started looking up stuff about the, the movie. Like, I didn't even realize they had eight, an eight episode, you know. Can you, must can have got you find that quickly. anywhere to watch? I think it, I want to say it's on YouTube. Man, I want to try and look that up. <laughs> yeah. But they were, you know, again, like you had networks like USA who were bringing these, you know, making these live action shows uh, or follow ups like like Weird Science had a had a long run on USA and mm-hmm. La Femme Nikita and uh, what else? FX had had a, a show of a, that was a kind of a follow up to that movie. Um yeah, interesting though, but none of those the, failed, and I think the effects one was more recent though, wasn't it? Or is, is that back uh, in the day? I thought that that was more recent. No, I th- I think it was. I want. It might have been like late nineties mm. when it, when it came out. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know the um, so the marketing of the movie was really strong, and obviously they they came up with a sequel. A sequel a couple of years later and uh you know bogus journey is fun it's not as strong as this have you guys seen it recently at all not recently no years and years yeah 20 years ago easily if not more but i do so and i remember i think i saw it in the theater and i've definitely i had you know saw it later after that i remember not loving it as much as the original um and kind of thinking it's a little weird like it's just like it's a little it's a little off kilter and like, I think not understanding that, like it was kind of the point, you know, just like they, like they do these, these, they build these robots and stuff that are like them. And yeah, it's really weird. Like, but I guess you just kind of have to lean into it. Uh, so I, I'm curious mm-hmm. how I'd feel to, to watch it again, which I will do soon. Cause the third one, yeah, I'm going to watch yeah. it again. I, I, rem- I remember it. not liking it nearly as much as the first one. And, but yeah, I do want to rewatch it. I thought that I mean I I uh, I love the William, I love the Grim Reaper character. Like I I really remember liking William yeah. Sadler in that, even though I called him Corbin oh, yeah. Burnson earlier. But but um, <laughs> aside from aside, he'll never forgive. Yeah, you. I know he's gonna be super pissed. Um, most he's listening. By the oh, way, he does every 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 he I mean he's five stars all day long. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? I don't, I just remember thinking that when they're playing uh, whatever games, like board games, to try and see, I forget what the what the what were, what was at stake. But like, I just remember thinking that that was a really funny scene. Well, yeah, that's Sorry. a take on that. Uh, yeah, uh, there's there's what's that a take on? What film is that when they, they the person plays chess with with death to get his soul back? What is that from? Oh, uh, that is, um, uh, it's Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. It's, uh, this, uh, Seventh Seal. Seventh Seal, yeah. So, like, that was, like, a riff on that. Yeah. And then they're playing all sorts of dumb board games, and, like, and, uh, to, and right. they keep beating him. <laughs> He's getting so frustrated. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah was, that, that sequence is really great. That was so funny. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't age, uh, you know, it, it's not as good. It, um. It's not as fun. It you know, there's really no 
time travel. It's more about heaven and hell, and right. um, you know, it's just a few different elements. But wasn't the wasn't it originally called like Bill and Ted Go to Hell or something like that? Wasn't that the? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. And then they they changed it to Bogus Journey. Yeah. Uh, we can cover that one at another time, but um, yeah. sure. Yeah, so here we so the movie. Uh, I think it was a big fear that, especially after doing the second one, that these guys were going to get typecast uh, as Bill and Ted. So and Keanu clearly has it was becoming quite a big star. So I felt like Keanu really distanced himself from Bill and Ted for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really have any evidence of that. It just seems like you know he never really talked about it. Whereas Alex Winter went the directorial route more than acting, although he did do both. Um, you know, and he was much more open. You know, when you look at interviews through the 90s, like, you really don't see Keanu talking about it very much. You see Alex Winter a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, like, because that's probably the thing he's best known for, no matter how much he's done in the industry, like, the, whoever he's interviewing is prob- probably brings it up. So it's always, like, it's just, it's the thing he's most recognized for. So... He's always going to get asked about it. I think. I don't know about. Well, I don't know about that though. No, really? you know, once he did the, you know, between what Keanu. No, no, I'm saying Alex. Like the reason he keeps talking about it. In those oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, oh yeah. That's what he's most known for. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, his career didn't go the same way as Keanu, but yeah. you know, Keanu once he did, you know, he had Speed, he had uh, the Matrix, he's got John Wick, point, so like clearly he's got. You know, hey, hey, and Point Break, yeah, very. Point uh, Break is what? awesome, guys. Don't don't be hating on Point sure. Break. I, I hey. no, I'm not hating on. I'm just saying, like, he had big movies that really, like, you know, took the spotlight off of Bill and Ted. Oh yeah. So I think he doesn't, and and that's probably why he came back around to the third movie. Is like, okay, you know, I'm I'm I shook that character off, yeah. so I can now I can come back to it. I mean, yeah. Um. Rewatching this movie though, I and then having seen the trailer for, and maybe a couple stills, I guess, or whatever, for part three, uh, I realized something that, and maybe this is intentional. It probably is intentional, but you know how, like in the third movie that we haven't seen yet, Keanu's wearing just a pink button-down shirt, like that's his main costume uh, in the trailer. Yeah. Well, that's he's wearing that shirt in the in the future under the the trench coats that they're both wearing when they're like those holograms. Ooh. And I looked ah. and like you can't really tell what what Ted's wearing um or Bill, no wait. You can't really tell what Bill <laughs> is wearing. Yeah. But but Ted's got a pink button-down <laughs> shirt underneath the trench coat and I was like, "Oh, connection. It's about to happen. Ooh. We're going to Yeah. I wonder I wonder. Is this spoiler the same? alert? I have a feeling my my pre- my prediction is that we're going to see the song that uh, we're going to see them playing the song that uh, is going to change the universe. Yeah. yeah, this is it. The unifying song. So that was which. Hold so on. What do we think? Was, Jack. Was it, sorry. Was it Bill or Ted? Which one was it that was wearing the shirt? Uh, Ted. Keanu. Ted. Keanu. OK, never mind. So, yeah. So, yeah. But you can't really Brent's tell. Gonna, Brent's going to get all over that when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> go fire up the future scenes with the holograms. You'll see it. I'm like, and it's and it's pink. It, it's pink with white button down buttons. Okay. Yeah. Because Ted's got that pink, like, kind of, or purple hoodie slash shirt that he's got tied around his waist. But 
or Bill does. I don't now. I'm getting the names. Bill confused. does. Sorry. It was really hard to tell what Bill was wearing <laughs> under the trench coat. Yeah. Right. Right. Now it was really I'm hard. I couldn't it. tell. So. Well, we'll find out in a few days. Hey. I know. Cannot wait. <laughs> the excitement so, is mounting. So what do we think, guys? Our Jack Burton scale of of zero stars, you know, to, or zero Jack Burtons to to thirteen Jack Burtons. What would we rate it, uh, David? What do you think? Where would you where would you put Bill and Ted's? Um, Bill and Ted's, man. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, probably like an eight point five, eight point five, nine, eight, maybe a nine. Just I had a I had so much fun with it. The entertainment factor gets weighted, so like a nine for me. Nine out of thirteen. Okay, nine. What about you, Brent? Six point nine, dudes. No, just kidding. Um, I would, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'd refer, I'd reverse that. Probably nine point six. I'll go nine point six. Nice. I mean, it's probably yeah. higher. It's probably okay. higher than that. We're talking right. thirteen. I really like this movie. This movie, like, uh, there were a couple times yeah. during this movie where I was like, man, this is really, like, doing it for me. Like, I love. The final scene, I love, like, the scene where they're in the future and, like, everybody's kind of going around them. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of cool mm-hmm. to see, like, how important these two kind of, like, goofy dudes end up being to the this future society. So, like, I don't know. Like, I found, I found that scene, like, it, it affected me much more this time watching it than I ever had in the past. Probably mm-hmm. because of the current mm-hmm. state of the world, but... It it is what it is. Yeah. I, I I would probably put this higher than nine point six. It'd probably be, you know, uh, mm. at least uh, in a maybe a ten point, maybe a like high ten, low eleven. I don't know. It, oh, it was wow. really okay. fun to rewatch it. Like it brought back nice. a lot of great yeah. memories, and I'm yeah, I'm like super jazzed for the new one now. So that's awesome. So not a not yeah, a clear number I, there. But... I am gonna go. No, I, we got it. It's uh, that's good. I am gonna go ten actually on it. I, I same same thing that you guys are saying. I had a lot of fun, and maybe maybe part of it is because I'm coming, you know, essentially not having seen it. Uh, the you know the incredibly crazy, weird, upsetting, and dark year that this year has been. Uh, this is a great movie to to slide in, and these these characters. You know, there's there's scenes where I don't know, it just they're so likable. They're so and they're so positive. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get down on anybody. You know, they're just like happy go lucky guys, yeah. really, yeah. who uh, you know are having a good time and and that's really all they want to do. And uh, you know, and there's a couple of scenes that I think are really powerful. Like there's that you know when they go to the the three most important people and and they have that moment where they realize like whoa, like we did something much bigger than ourselves here. It's, it's, it's a great moment in the film. And, and uh, I just like the characters so much. And I think it's an important movie to, to look back at now, especially. Mm. Yep. I agree with you. There's a joyfulness to care. the characters and the movie. And it's just uh, like the, uh, those times, like when they riff and do a joke and then they just kind of look at each other with their like big open smiles, like, like, and they're just like, yeah, like, and doing their little guitar riff. And it's just, there's just a joyfulness yeah. to it all. Um, that's like, that's consistent with the, like every, every bit of the movie. It's, it's so fun. 
And it's nice to see that too. And it doesn't come across, come, doesn't come across cheesy now. It, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow it still works. Like not somehow it, I mean, it just does work, but you know, you could kind of, a lot of 80s stuff doesn't really hold up like, uh, entirely. And, um, like for what this one is and it's just kind of weird. And I mean, even Bill and Ted don't really go through like a tremendous, like, you know, change, you know, like their arc isn't really that, that bendy, but, uh, you know, they just have to survive. So it's just like an adventure story with these like very positive, fun characters and all the murderers and, and weirdos they bring with them are having a good time. And like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's what maybe that's what San Dimas does for everybody. It's just it's yeah. just joyful. <laughs> San Dimas has go over there. Rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't forget that line. Mm-hmm. Classic. So, yeah, all right, good. Well, uh, we have now reconcinemized Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. At some point we will probably cover Bogus Journey. I don't know when, but uh I had a good time watching this, and I am looking forward to uh, Face the Music, which is, I mean, how can you get it? I know it's coming out in some theaters, but uh, it's on demand, right? Video on demand somewhere. I forget what I, media, it, I like sure, where. I sure hope so, because yeah. theaters in California, I don't think are ever going to open again, so I got to see this no, they're movie. doing a double. So a, they're doing a dual release. It should be available at the same time, so I just forget how. Right. Yeah, I wonder if you'll be able to get it through, like, Amazon or... Yeah, it's... I don't know how it's well, going to work. I guess we'll find if out. If it's like any of the other movies that they've done, the video-on-demand releases, it's just it releases on basically any pay service that you have. You can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on... Roku. Roku or Fandango or anything. So it's just it's just oh, available. Cool. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, great, guys. All right, cool. Well, we'll have to... Um, We'll have to circle back with each other after we see the film and and uh, see if it worked or, or what happened. I'm, I'm going to go in a little bit pessimistic just sure. based on the track record of the reboots and sequels to this point. I hope it's not, um, uh, what is it, the, the fourth Die Hard movie, Live Free or Die Hard. I hope it's not that. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm going bold statement and saying that it's going to get nominated for an Academy Award for 2020 bold I love it <laughs> because it's the only because it's the only movie that came that's out that's right <laughs> there's not a lot there's not a lot to choose from and I'm I'm hopeful that it has a, a positive message to, to deliver yeah uh, alright so uh, let's um you know, give a quick uh, shout out and thank you to our friends E.K. Wimmer for the theme music and uh, check out his podcast, Laser Graves. Uh, I don't believe he's covered Bill and Ted yet, uh, but I'm sure he will. Uh, and we want to say thank you to Curtis Moore for the artwork as usual. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We're at Reconciliation Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and, and our website's www.reconsideration.com. And give us a, a listen and a rating and review if you can on Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify or iHeartRadio, where, where ever, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you can uh, drop a rating and review, it would be super helpful. But uh, all right, guys. Well, I think it's uh, is it time to get into the uh, phone booth and head back to where we really live, which is 1989.
<laughs> Absolutely. Let's get in there. <laughs> the perfect time. Okay. The perfect era, 1989. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We will uh, see you guys next time on Reconsinimation. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. 